tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Avengers is hitting the road. Yes, we're going to be live on May 7th at the House of Blues in Chicago, Illinois. May 9th at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, California. May 10th at the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. And on May 16th, in my hometown, the Gramercy Theater in New York City. I really, really hope to see you at one of those shows. It is going to be amazing. To get your tickets, just go to politicon.com slash tour. There are not enough days. <laughs> between now and the 2024 presidential election or maybe there are too many i don't know danielle i just kind of want to get this over with um and yeah. i i just i sort of want to start with you know the assessment which i think all of us share uh at this point donald's not the problem um yeah. and you know to a large extent obviously republican voters are the problem no, because they continue to empower these people, but they get sold a particular message, right? And they get their message in a very skewed way. And just, you know, the events of the last two weeks between, and we, talk, we talked about this part last week, you know, the way with one lie on Truth Social, Donald took over countless media cycles, uh, which was just, such a disgrace and then was given the opportunity and a bigger platform to call for uh in in both racist and anti-semitic terms call for violence against the new york da alvin bragg uh which came to fruition in a an envelope full of white powder and guys yes it's it's really good that there was no poisonous substance in there but it still happened and it's just it's a sign of things to come and if that doesn't send send chills down your spine it, I, you're not taking this seriously enough um and then of course the the uh the nazi rally in waco and let's please stop pretending that that's not what it was i mean you know ruth bengiat wrote a great piece in her substack lucid about how it was literally echoing Hitler's Nuremberg rally with the plane circling. And, and, you know, it's just, this is not a drill. And I think we need to start calling out Republicans, uh, elected Republicans, because it seems like no matter how extreme Donald's behavior and rhetoric get, we get the same responses. Their reactions boil down to three general characters categories either they pretend they don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. because they don't follow everything donald trump says on social media you know <laughs> um and even when it's explained to them or the quote is given to them they then pretend that they have a meeting <laughs> the second one is a very very muted admonition that he just shouldn't do these things and then finally you have wholehearted support of the most vile things he says and threats he makes. Uh, so it's elected Republicans who are driving this bus, I think, at the point at this point, Danielle. So what what to you were sort of the most were the trends we really need to be paying attention to that uh, upon which a spotlight was shone uh, over the last week or two? I mean, you know, I, I was watching uh, Deadline White House yesterday, and John Hillman, I think, is his name from the from the circus. He, he's an oh, MSNBC. Yeah. yeah, he's a MSNBC analyst, and he was at the rally. And the things that I didn't realize um, was one that many of Trump's advisors 
right? These people that are in his inner circle have ties to Waco, have ties to um, the uh, cultish, uh, pseudo-religious cult um, that was a part of Waco. And so when you decide, and, 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 and what was said too, is that Waco, by the way, is not the largest city to go to in Texas, right? There's only one, and, and when and when people were when when asked, who's oh, I didn't know. Oh, this that's not what this was. It's like we're not fucking dumb, right? And I I really wish, you know, to all of the points that you're making, Mary, is that <laughs> beyond the beyond gun violence, beyond mass shootings, beyond school shootings, and all of these things. We are living in the most dangerous times. And when Donald Trump can hold a rally that invokes several things, fascism, uh, religiosity, when he is saying that I am your retribution, when he in his uh, broke ass Twitter on Truth Social uh, <laughs> said that Alvin Bragg is working with Antichrist and working on behalf of the devil, Donald Trump is working overtime to turn himself into a cult leader and a religious martyr. If they are coming for me, they are going to come for you. And what he is doing, the religiosity, right, is sending a bullhorn message to these people that Donald Trump's fight isn't about the fact that he fucked a porn star when he was married. It isn't about the fact that he's a grifting piece of trash, right? And it's taken advantage of everyone and everything everywhere. Find me 11,700 and some odd votes, though. Find me this, find me that. It's not even that. It's that he's turning this into a religious war. These people are fighting for the future of America. They are patriots. They are the, they are the good ones. You know, Jesus is coming and it's Jesus is on our side because their Jesus carries an AR-15 and looks like the Hulk. I mean, these are the images that go out on this truth social that go out in this sphere. And so by him using these words and, and charging them with a white evangelical backing, we should all open up our eyes. And I mean, we all in the media. Mm -hmm. And recognize this is not a fucking joke. This isn't the circus anymore. This isn't the clown car. And as was said before, this the dry run was 2016. Donald Trump gets back into the White House. Any Republican, including fucking little fascist Ron DeSantis, gets into the White House. They mm -hmm. know where all the levers are. Absolutely. They know where all the keys are headed. They are coming for everything and everyone. Yeah. Right. And they're backing themselves up with the Lord. Right. And and I think part of that mission is uh, the delusion. You know, we as you mentioned, we see it with the the images that are posted of him with just this massive superhero physique and uh, pushing this apocalyptic anti-government message when he was the government for four years, first of all. And secondly, he's probably the most irreligious person on the planet uh you know so he's selling a bill of goods that he doesn't even believe in uh not that that's anything new for him but somebody on his team understands the power of tapping into white evangelical intolerance uh so uh dahlia um it's one of the things that i found most horrifying about Waco is that it was allowed to happen. And that's to me a fundamental problem. This guy is is facing four criminal uh, uh what are the cases? He's you know in the middle of four serious criminal cases. Uh as far as we can tell, they're quite advanced. And uh a judge in a, a civil trial ruled that the the jury would be anonymous because Donald is has such a record of attacking and um, witness tampering, attacking jurors, witness tampering, et cetera, et cetera, that he cannot be trusted not to do the same. Uh, and 
three days before the rally, he was putting out death threats on Alvin Bragg, one of which was so serious that it was being investigated by the FBI. So sure, let's let him go to Waco, Texas, with all of the symbolism available. And by the way, people who are watching, when we object to his presence at Waco, we, uh, nobody is saying what happened in Waco was cool. You know, nobody's saying that that tragedy was okay, that it was, you know, wonderful that the FBI killed dozens of people and many, many children. Nobody's saying that. What we're saying is that allowing this person, of all people, to tap into the white supremacist um, ideology and uh, the white supremacist hagiography around David Koresh and Waco is just upping the stakes for for uh, the next slightly more than year and a half. I, I mean, a couple things, um, and apologies for my incredibly dark, uh, moody uh, Boston I, hotel. I like um, it. I, I think it's right. It's, um, it's suitably apocalyptic. Yeah, um, a couple yeah. things, Mary. One, I mean, you know, he's allowed to go because <laughs> there's no stopping him, right? We have a First Amendment. He's running for office until and unless the justice system stops him from doing things. He can do what he wants. I think that, you know, one of the the pieces of symbolism you skated over, but let's say it out loud around Waco is another godlike child sex predator uh, whose followers thought he could do nothing wrong. So the symbolism doesn't escape just connecting what Danielle said. Uh, you know, this is very, it's not just about white supremacy and uh, anti-government, you know, uh, uh, vigilante movements. It's also like an ongoing problem in this country of, you know, uh, people who are allowed to do whatever they want under the guise of being quasi-religious figures. And that's just, you know, and, and people who somehow reward that. And then the, the fact that we don't have systems of accountability. Uh, and again, not that anything that happened there is okay, but I think the symbolism runs really deep beyond just, you know, white supremacists and anti-government sentiment. The other thing that I think is just so interesting is that when you read the mealy mouth disavowals that come out of like the Lindsey Grahams of the world, it's that same trope of like, let's not focus on the past. Let's like focus on the future, right? I mean, time and time again, it's like, oh, it's bad political judgment for Donald Trump to focus on the January 6th insurrectionists. Like, not that it's on some lofty moral principle, a bad idea to do a sing-along with them, but like, let's just focus on the future. And what it reminds me of is how much it chimes with the, both of the impeachment hearings when what we heard in defense of Donald Trump was like, oh, that was in the past. Like, let's move on, right? Like, let's move on from those unfortunate events of January 6th. Let's move on from the unfortunate attempts to, uh, you know, involve <laughs> Ukraine in uh, the upcoming election. And I just think it's such a uniquely American zeitgeist to say the past doesn't matter because the past is the future. And as both of you are saying right now, to ignore what's happened in the past, to have no accountability for the past, right? This is all the, the knock on Alvin Bragg is like, how dare he investigate, you know, these crimes that happened years and years ago? Like, can't we just put it all behind us? And it's like, no, the reason that we have to investigate and prosecute what has happened is exactly because it's going to happen again, but like worse and bigger every time. And so I just don't know why we let the Lindsey Grahams of the world skate with these quasi disavowals that are A, purely strategic and B, seem to somehow dismiss catastrophic wrongdoing of the past as immaterial to what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> there's a lot there. 
So um, I'm I'm laughing because I'm overwhelmed with the. Uh, it's also predictable, you know, and it's, it's, it's nothing, none of this is new. And it's exactly Dahlia, because as you just said, we keep letting the same shit happen because we don't deal with the old stuff first. And, uh, the Donald's impunity is based purely on the impunity of those who came before him, whether it's George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan or Richard Nixon or, or Robert E. fucking Lee, for God's sakes. Um, I just want to tease one thing out. Uh, you, uh, it's David Crash, for those of you who don't know, was also a, 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 a man who raped children. And um, that was part of the deal with the cult. I mean, they, they, he was, as their supreme leader, he was allowed to do this. And it was done in the context of this, um, as you said, quasi-religion. Uh, but I also see that there are other, I mean, there are so many ways in which on the right, children are seen as um, there to be exploited and even outside of the context of religion, although that is one of the most dangerous context, contexts, uh, but we see it with the their willingness to repeal child labor laws. We see it with their not just willingness anymore, but I think um, I think they are absolutely fine, and and maybe they even think it's a good thing that our school children keep getting slaughtered with guns. There's, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's not, it's not even reluctance anymore. It's like, yeah, well, you know, there are only three this time. Good for us. Only single digits. So the extremism is, is just spreading out in every single direction, um, which uh, should and does worry us. I don't know if it, it sufficiently worries other people. And yes, Jen, as, as the great William Faulkner wrote, and as you agree with me, the greatest, one of the two greatest American novelists, uh, he, he and Toni Morrison are tied, in my opinion. The past isn't dead, is not dead. It's not even past. Um, and I don't know, though. I mean, wasn't there, Donald uh, put out a death threat to Alvin Bragg on social media, and somebody took him at his word. I know, okay, thankfully, Alvin Bragg wasn't murdered, but I, I'm guessing that wasn't a fun day down at the, the DA's office in New York City. The FBI couldn't have stopped it. The FBI couldn't have said, I'm sorry, these are very troubling uh, things that are <clears> happening <throat> and we need to keep you here. Like, what? I mean, we, are we really all just so fucking helpless in the midst of this? And whatever happens is going to happen, I guess. And, you know, as we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll just let this virulent minority keep rigging the system, taking away the rights of the rest of us who don't look or believe or think like they do. And uh, yeah, let's let's just let's just let Donald keep having his his Nazi rallies. And eh, we'll see how how it plays out in 2024 when the deck has already been stacked. To quote uh, former president, uh, George W. Bush. That was some weird shit. Um, <laughs> Wait, I just, and- Jen, before you, before you go on, I just want to, if we had like a little trophy to give people, <laughs> I would give it to you this week because for those of you who haven't seen it, Jen Taub selflessly, masochistically, you might say, watched the rally and live tweeted it. You, I, I'm telling you, there is not enough Xanax or Valium or vodka or whatever, whatever floats your boat. There's not enough of that substance for me to be able to do that. I don't know how you did it, but it was an invaluable service. First of all, how are you? Well, I just want to say I even did. I took it to the next level. Uh, my Substack on Monday, every Monday it's called On the Money. Um, I actually wrote an intro to explain the context and then took my uh, my notes, my tweets, and still in chronological order, organized them thematically so they're easy for folks to read. And I just want <clears throat> to hit on some of the points that have already been said. I'm thinking um, when Dahlia um, 
and Danielle were talking about this, but what, and if you look at, by the way, and this is free, you know, you don't have to You froze. Today, the article on Monday was called On the Money, What to Know About Waco. I created a montage of images, which tells, I think, the story. In the top left corner, there's a picture of Donald Trump at the Waco rally behind him playing on a giant screen the attack on the U.S. Capitol. To the right, I mean, so below him is the buildings at Waco on fire. Uh, which people have said, you know, regardless of what, uh, how this all began, there's really strong evidence that the members of this cult set fire to the buildings, yeah. which then resulted yeah. in the deaths. And then, um, then you look clockwise, you go to sort of going on the circle, right there is a police, a FBI sketch and a photo and a booking photo of Timothy McVeigh, who attended, um, who attended the, uh, who was at the, the standoff at Waco, and as you as you all remember, the, the buildings and the compound burned down on April 19th. Two years later, brings you around full circle um, right next to. So if you look at think of this as a circle right next to Donald, then is a photo of the uh, the federal building in Oklahoma City, uh, the McVeigh, um, the McVeigh bombed. I mean, and uh, just to be clear, that was, you know, he drove a rider truck filled with two tons of ammonium nitrate and fuel oil. Uh, up to the building, uh, the blast was so strong that 168 people there perished, including 19 children. Um, and of course, later, uh, the death penalty was secured. I want to point out, which folks probably know this, but Merrick Garland was working at the Justice Department. He went down there um, to attend the preliminary hearings for McVeigh um, and his co-conspirator. Garland uh, supervised, to some degree from afar, helped pick the team. I uh, remember this is in 1995, but when the conviction was secured in, in 97, two years later, he was already a judge. And so what, what's happening here, if you cannot see all these things come together, but Donald Trump is at this moment clearly aligning his campaign. Um, uh, he's clearly aligning his entire campaign with uh, with war against the federal government. He also is directly challenging and attacking Merrick Garland. In fact, unbelievably, he accused him of, you know, somehow appointing, you know, of being corrupt and coming after him, which just goes to show you Merrick Garland was, you know, an idiot for not appointing someone right away. I don't know how these people thought he was stopping uh, after 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 January sixth, this is all a continuation. And as as you all said, you know the Branch Davidians were this apocalyptic religious cult. Donald Trump was sounding pretty fucking apocalyptic himself. Um, and he is announcing not just a campaign but a siege, a reverse siege on the government. And so, you know, the the speech was laced with violence and vengeance. Um, and aligning, as, as everyone has said, aligning his grievance with everybody else's grievance, apparently. Um, and, you know, we're really in a lot of trouble. And it's incredibly frustrating to me that this is not being um, not being focused on. And, and that, you know, that we've got a lot of people saying, well, as Dahlia pointed out, you know, uh, some of the Republicans are like, well, you know, he really shouldn't be bringing that up now. It, that's that's who he is and also wait wait wait. you don't think he's learned his lesson no but like why hasn't he been indicted yet for trying to get the vice president killed like i i i don't understand what <laughs> this is going on in this country anyway so i'm kind of like the past is not dead it's not even past the insurrection is not dead it's not even over the coup hasn't ended and guess what there is no rule of law in America. There is not that's chilling, but true. And not the coup the coup's not just not over, it's it's getting worse. It's it's strengthening. It's gay because Donald Trump is not Timothy McVeigh. He's somebody for whom 74 million people cast their vote in 2020. Tw 74 million people. He and wants to lionize McVeigh. He's not McVeigh. He's 
and he's not Koresh. He's bigger than all of that. And he's calling on everyone else to become Koresh's yes. McVeigh's for him. And because he's not a complete idiot, he's not name checking them. Because, you know, for some people that would be a bridge too far. But you know what I'm really sick of hearing, Danielle? This whole idea that, uh, you know, some people, and I don't agree with this, but some people are saying the indictments are going to ensure that Donald gets it get, gets elected in 2024. No, I no, that is not true. I think it helps him get the nomination for sure <laughs> because this is the Republican Party now. But those... I uh, I guess I think they're panic stricken. <laughs> You're right. People who say that are kind of panic stricken, understandably. But a lot of people push back by saying that's so ridiculous. You know, uh, he's energizing the base, but the base is is diminished, and you know we're all just being so melodramatic. Uh, really, really, we're being melodramatic. I mean, come on, it, because again, as um, I alluded to earlier, I. Uh, the Republican Party with the with a huge assist from the Supreme Court is making sure that the only votes that matter in 2024 are the votes of the Republican base. And there was this I mean, to say that a Sherilyn Eiffel piece was extraordinary is redundant. But <laughs> Sherilyn Eiffel wrote a piece. Uh, what was it? Last week? Two days ago. I don't I don't remember precisely what it was, but um, it's it's basically about it's called the Republican plan to make voting irrelevant. And it is about the various attempts at all levels of government to nullify the will of the people, essentially. So, Danielle, are, are we overreacting? Are we being melodramatic? So here's the thing. Um, I was up last night, like couldn't sleep. Um, I went to the dentist last week to find out that I am grinding my teeth at night and have damn near flattened my fucking molars because of Why? stress. Stress. Stressed? Because I'm stressed because about I, And so it's, you know, here's my yeah. thinking is, and this is what kept me up last night was, and I'm going to say it on here and I'm going to do several videos about it after we need a national fucking boycott. Like Americans, all Americans need to get into the streets. Like this is the fact that we have a Republican party that has turned into an unapologetic cult that pledges allegiance to an AR 15 that they proudly replace the American flag with and put on their lapels. The fact that we have members of Congress, sitting members of Congress that pose with their children with AR-15s that are bigger than they are. The fact that you have a Republican potential nominee who is going to Waco, right? And, and summoning the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, the fucking Proud Boys, like every single national white uh, entity and group, the white evangelical Christians, the fact that you had Marjorie Taylor Greene on fucking social media yesterday saying the most transphobic shit that I will not repeat. Donald Trump Jr. saying this most transphobic shit that I will not repeat, right? The fact that then all of this shit happens and we just go to work. We just go to school. We just go about our day like it's fucking normal and half of us more than half of us have breakdowns multiple times a day, right? Our therapy is on the rise in this country. Mental health, suicide, on the rise. Anxiety medication, on the rise. It's just like, I'm tired. I'm tired of people pretending that this shit is normal and that this is just par for the course of what it means to be an American. It's fucking not, yeah. right? Like it is absolutely not. And so what do people, oh, we need a national boycott. We need for every single teacher across this country to say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not going to work until there's a national assault rifle ban. You don't pay me fucking enough. There was a person yesterday who tweeted and said, you want to arm teachers and you don't even trust us to pick out fucking books. Mm -hmm. Right. You want to you want to arm teachers and you can't you don't even trust them to decide their own fucking curriculum. Right. Like. I'm just, you want to talk about how much you love fucking children and the pictures 
of those little babies on the bus screaming, crying, pressing their hands to the windows yesterday. And that's something that we want to swallow on a regular basis. And you have a Republican Party again, right? You had the NRA. I think it was a Tennessee representative that was on Jose Diaz-Billard's show this morning that said that he got phone calls from the NRA last night saying, remember, remember who you vote with. Remember how you align. Like, this is absolutely fucking crazy. I'm telling you, as Americans, all of us, all stripes, all forms, all people, gun owners, non-gun owners, people need to walk out. Like, it's, it, it, it's, it's time that we put the capitalistic machine to a fucking halt. Yeah, I, I've also been shocked that the American Medical Association uh, and doctors haven't done something similar when it comes to protesting hospitals that that put legal opinion above a medical opinion and, you know, don't provide medical services because they're afraid of being sued. I mean, th this is this is insanity. And, and Dahlia, I think. <clears throat> I just said on a personal note, there's a reason there are two things that I don't talk a lot about uh, climate change and gun violence, because I, I, I find both things unbearable. <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I know that that's I, I should talk about them more. But, you know, there's only so much one human being can take. And I think we all have to put up our own boundaries. But, uh, you know, uh, largely because when I, I sort of love the planet, but um, I love children and both of those things uh impact children more than they impact anybody else and um anyway but beyond that uh um the i i think dahlia what what the right does really well is use our humanity against us uh in other words a lot of us um have been traumatized by the Trump administration and then COVID. Whereas both of those things, the first one energized them because they were getting everything they wanted. And the second one, they just pretended it didn't exist. And much like gun violence against children, they didn't give a shit that a lot of people, even people they love were dropping dead because I don't know, freedom or something. Uh, and they, they kind of um, have, have used that to their advantage. Uh, where the rest of us, as Danielle pointed out, are, are suffering from increased levels of depression and anxiety and PTSD. And uh, you can only imagine uh, the rates of domestic violence that have gone up or for serious psychiatric illnesses, uh, et cetera. And there's been no real coordinated governmental response to help uh, the um, mental health crisis. Um, so... Uh, and then in addition, what they do is in various and slimy and quite clever ways, unravel democracy uh, that that doesn't get attention. And in in Sherilyn Eiffel's piece, we she laid out the depth and breadth of this project. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, because it's, uh, you know, nobody people paid attention when Mitch McConnell did what he did with the Supreme court, but no, he did anything about it. And this is my theory because it was Merrick Garland, not Ketanji Jackson. I think we would have had a very different response on the left if it hadn't been some mediocre white guy. Uh, and um, then as soon as uh, what's his name, Gorsuch was put in, it was all normalized again, but there are, there are other things going on at the state level that should have us uh, even, well, not more worried, but just as worried. Um, so a couple things. One, just in response to what Danielle said about a strike, I want to just point out that somewhere between seven and eight percent of Israelis <laughs> were on the streets, uh, especially after the firing of um, uh, uh, Defense Minister Gallant, uh, which was Israel's version, right? The Sunday Night Massacre. Uh, yeah. You need, what are the 
the the experts on authoritarianism say 3.74% of the population to be on the streets. Mm -hmm. And what happened yesterday that backed Bibi Netanyahu and his insane coalition of clown cars down off like ramming this judicial reform, quote unquote, bill through that's going to end the Supreme Court in Israel as something that protects minority rights. The thing that backed him down was the general strike, right? Was the fact that, you know, the hospitals, the airport was closed, the banks were closed, shopping malls were closed. Everything was closed yesterday and he blinked. And I wanna be really clear about one thing, which is in the deal that was done with Ben Gvir, the clowniest of the clown cars, he now gets his own personal militia this guy was too crazy to serve in the army and he's going to get authorization to have his own personal militia. That's the deal. So we cannot say that Bibi Netanyahu blinking yesterday preserves the rule of law. But it certainly was, I think, emblematic of what Danielle's saying, which is people need to give a shit. <laughs> they need to be on the streets and they need to say all the universities are closed and all the hotels are on like life support and the shopping malls are closed. And I'm super sorry you can't catch your plane today. That's what Dahlia, did. Yeah. Can I before you go on to the, the next point, I, I just want to pause for a second and point out that because those protests were so effective, Netanyahu actually said, I'm paraphrasing. Um, if there can still be a dialogue to avoid a civil war, I will engage in the dialogue. So he is recognizing the seriousness of what his country is dealing with, the brink they're at. And we're, we are not doing that here. We are not even close to doing that here. And, uh, I think Dahlia, as you pointed out, like we can't even get 1% of Americans to, to give a shit about anything. So you know, uh, it, it makes it a little bit easier to um, or I shouldn't say give a shit, I should, you know, to come out and 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 actively protest this for various reasons. But um, while that while they seem not to be paying attention, the Republicans are going ahead and and uh, changing the rules at every possible opportunity. One, one quick rejoinder um, in tribute to Danielle's broken molars and my own, which is, um, you know, one of the things I've been hearing from people, I'd be curious if the three of you have heard the same since 2016 is, I'm so glad you're paying attention so I don't have to. Like, I am so grateful for people in the media who like, you know, spend 14 hours a day doing this because it means that I can like get to target. And I just think I hear it so frequently. Um, so, so yeah, I'm hearing, at least in our private chat, you all are hearing this too. But I think that like we are so incredibly good at sort of saying like, I'm going to farm this out to specialists that we're the hysteria specialists, right? We do hysteria so you don't have to. And um, that's why I have no molars either. But I think until we get better at this notion of like, oh, I also have to be on the streets. Like it's not good enough for Danielle to be doing 52 podcasts a day. Like this is <laughs> where we are. And so I just think like that, I don't know what to make of that, but I'm sharing it. Okay, on to Sherilyn Eiffel's article. I will yeah. say, I think it's one of the, the single most important things we've published at Slate and like, Big props to Jeremy Stahl, our um, legal editor who worked really hard on it. And what she does, Mary, is exactly what you said. She lays out that underneath what we think is, you know, all the all the the, you know, democracy is holding, the system is holding. And, you know, we had an aberrant moment on January 6th, but everything is functioning. And she just describes the systematic kneecapping in this case of prosecutors around the country uh, unsurprisingly, largely black prosecutors, prosecutors, mm -hmm. right? This is not defense so weird. prosecutors uh, making it impossible for them to do their jobs. And she begins and ends. And I think this is so important because you mentioned Mitch McConnell with Mitch McConnell, who, you know, has been ailing the last couple of years, who has ensured that the governor of Kentucky cannot replace him if something happens to him with somebody of his own choosing, right? 35 states allow unfettered, the governor uh, is able to replace uh, 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 
somebody who uh, cannot do their job. But McConnell's made sure that the Republicans are going to vet uh, if something happens to him. And this is sort of emblematic of, and I just want to commend what other piece and then I'll stop. But Abigail Tracy has an incredible piece in Vanity Fair, January 30th, 2023, where she also describes systemically around the country, Republican legislatures stripping the government of its power, stripping elected officials of their powers, whether it's taking away Supreme Court prerogatives to do things, taking away governor's ability to do things, taking away, as Sherilyn says, prosecutor, you know, we, there's a bill in Georgia that's supposed to be able to keep Fonnie Willis from doing her job. Yep. And it's completely dubious. It's unclear that you can do this. But this effort to say you have been elected, the system worked, and now we are going to make sure, right, we're seeing it in Kansas, too, around abortion. We're going to make sure that having been elected, you can't do your job is just another form of vote suppression. It's another form of minority rule. And I think that what Sherilyn is, is saying, and I'll, I'll end here, is that there should be an outcry in the legal community about this. Just as you just said, there, why is there no outcry in the medical community? Why are we not hearing an outcry around protecting teachers or election workers? By the same token, every lawyer in the country should be on fire when elected legal officials are stripped of their authority to do their job, chiefly because, well, they're black, but because their values do not align with the, the gerrymandered Republican legislatures. And so this is something that is happening around the country. And God bless Sherilyn Eiffel for sending up a flare. Yeah. Uh, and and you uh, alluded to what Republican led state legislatures do to incoming Democratic governors. Uh, and that's why things like the Supreme Court, sorry, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court race, which is happening imminently. The word that actually means very soon. Just for those of you who have uh, stopped paying attention to uh wait wait wait, wait 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 mary did that is this just what you're saying or did someone say that <laughs> what I the mean, elections just, the elections no, happening the when the elections happening no but you're never mind okay uh sorry. i'm just seeing the word imminently and i suddenly was like wait i got confused i know because we don't know what it means anymore so let me rephrase uh the um the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court election uh, in Wisconsin is happening, I think, on April 14th, if that's a Tuesday. I guess that's imminent. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, reasonably imminent. Um, so. Oh, man. Um, Jen. Uh, oh, and and also I the reason. I can, I can never remember what it's called, but this uh, this. I don't know if it's legislation even, but this idea that Donald has that if he got in again, he would basically fire the entire civil service. And, you know, 90 percent, at least 90 percent of civil servants in America are nonpartisan. They just do their fucking jobs. They have institutional memory. That's how the government functions properly. He's going to get rid of all of them and replace them with hacks, replace them with sycophants. Um, hello, that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of important. I, I think that's something we should also be paying attention to. Um, so Jen, there's just the idea that people, uh, and Dahlia, you know, yes, we, we have all heard this. Thank you for being outraged on my behalf. So I can go to the spa, whatever, <laughs> go get my pedicure. Um, <laughs> I kind of thought that we all do what we do. Uh, you know, we each have our own version of fighting the good fight and um, hope and, and making sure to the extent that we can that American democracy prevails so that it can eventually become a real democracy and fascism is, is you know, trounced into the mud. But I also, I think part of that project is 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 kind of helping other people find their outrage not not giving them a chance to just chill so what do you do with that um yeah i mean i i do think i help people find their outrage at least 
people often say that's like what the blurbs on my book say, like, you know, that, you know, that it's, you know, blood boiling or don't read if you aren't on heart medication. But I, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily get people, you know, 3.5, 3.7% of the people in the street, you know, and so I don't, I'm not sure. Um, it's like this, it just, it just reminds me like, you know, the slow moving train or right, like, it, like, I just remember right after Donald was elected in 2016, I remember like, and I think I've said this a million times, because it's so in my mind, that I was reminded of these documentaries about the Dust Bowl, where everyone was like, well, it's, it's coming, because we didn't, you know, we just plowed everything down. And it's like, the Dust Bowl is still coming. Like, you know, we had maybe we had a good rain, you know, like rain, not rain. R-A-I-N, but still, you know, for four years, but the Dust Bowl's on its way again. And we didn't do enough to fertilize democracy. We still have, you know, the destruction um, and the tumbleweed and the devastation coming unless people do something about it. And the, the problem, though, is I don't know what people should do because people aren't going to show up in the streets. And even if they do, like you heard, you hear the people, the analogy here is all the people on television after the shooting in Tennessee saying, well, I hope, like looking at the camera, there was a woman saying, I hope you all do something. I hope our politicians, and they just fucking won't. They just won't. And to me, that's a failure, a failure of democracy. And so if we can't even get reasonable, reasonable gun legislation done and we can't even convince the attorney general of the United States that he should have like actually enforced the law against someone who tried to stage a coup and kill the vice president. What should people do? I mean, I am outraged because I can't help it. But if I get everyone else outraged, what are they going to do, Mary? Cause I don't know what we can do to change anything. Well, I, I think, I mean, I tell me cause I'll do it. Okay. Ready? Taking notes. Um, I, I think you just said something really important. Uh, not that you haven't before, but just specific to the conversation at hand. Um, we cannot count on the government. We cannot count on the Democrats in power. We cannot count on individual, a lot of individual Democratic politicians. We can't count on the system. Um, and that's, but that, that is not an excuse for an action. It's not an excuse for, um, despondency. It's not an excuse for, um, being demoralized. And I've felt all of those things. So I understand it. I'm not pretending that that's not a normal human reaction to feeling like, the entire deck is stacked against you. And worse, the people who should be fighting for you aren't. That's that's our call to action. It is up to us. It's up to us. Wait, you're you're talking me off the ledge this week? What the hell is this? Well, because something shifted in the last couple of weeks. I've always understood the threat. We've all always understood the threat. Some of us, uh, you know, um, I mean, and what's interesting, what I've been thinking about a lot of, we've, we've all thought about it from very different perspectives and we've all come to the same conclusion. You know, whether it's historical or psychological or sociological or political, what have you. We've all come to the same conclusion and we came to that conclusion a long time ago that we're in very dangerous territory here. But what we couldn't know is just how many forces are aligned against us. And somehow, I guess it was, you know, the, the fact that Donald manipulated the media so easily with one lie uh, just reinforced the extent to which the media is not an ally, the media is not doing its job, the media is a huge part of the problem. Um, the failure of the indictments shows us that if the system isn't broken, it is, uh, on life support and the fact that he was allowed to hold this rally in Waco 
uh, is evidence that just not enough people in positions of power are understanding the threat seriously or they just don't fucking care. We have to care. We have no other choice but to care. American history is replete with stories about individuals in the most dire circumstances with no power at all giving their lives to try to affect positive change. It would feel disrespectful to those people who gave everything to give up because generally speaking, I mean, I know things are hard for everybody. They really are. But, you know, some of us have, have privilege. We have resources. We have platforms. The idea of giving up, the idea of getting just being too fucking tired to keep going is untenable. So when I saw that rally, when I saw the reaction to it, when I, when, you know, we all looked into just how terrifying the symbolism and the enthusiasm and the, uh, the increased mania and also the the in, the expanding um perspective in other words like it's not just donald using his charisma sorry to use the word it's not just donald using his charisma to uh suck people in it's, as Dahlia pointed out, Donald using apocalyptic language, Donald using religiosity, Donald using uh, anti-government, like amping up the anti-government rhetoric. So I think we need, we need to understand that this is a multi-front war and we need to be fighting on every single one of those fronts. And Sometimes that means getting into the streets. Sometimes it means using mockery. I we need to take Donald seriously, but you know what? He is a he is just one of the worst, most absurd people on the planet, and he's a loser. And we need to point that out time and time again. He's a loser. We need to counter program his rallies. We do. We need to come out when they come out. We need to come out with 10 times as many people as they get. Anything we can think of to do, we need to do it. So for those watching, this is not permission for you to say, oh, okay, Danielle and Dahlia and Jen and Mary have got our backs, so we're going on vacation. Or, And I'm not pretending that everybody's going on vacation. I know everybody works hard. Everybody works hard. Absolutely. And um, but just as a reminder, like all of all of us here have many more than one job, <laughs> you know, so we all do like we all have lives. Um, we have relationships. Some of us have kids. You know, we all have stuff going on, too. So. If you if you can carve out time <laughs> to uh, get in the fight, because this isn't this is not a passive fight. It, it cannot be. A passive fight because as Donald made very, very clear, and I think he said it explicitly, they are coming for us. And I hope that I get to uh, be in the same cell block as you guys at Guantanamo, but I also would prefer not to go to Guantanamo. So, uh, I just want to give each of you a chance uh, to, I just rambled, I apologize, but um, to give you guys a chance to end on a, a you know, maybe um, if not optimistic, at least <laughs> productive note um, so that we all feel a little bit uh, less, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I am feeling quite overwhelmed and I'm feeling quite, uh, not I'm never I never feel hopeless, but um, I definitely feel like Sisyphus a lot of times. Uh, so Danielle, I mean, I'll just say one: you did not ramble. You um, spoke in a way that 
spoke for all of the ways that we're feeling. Um, I tweeted yesterday before I went to bed uh, a meditation that I have been doing on Insight Timer for overwhelm uh, mm. and despair because look, I want to feel my feelings because they're fucking real, yeah. right? Like we should be sad. We should be grief stricken. We should be worried. We should be concerned. But as my mother has always said to me, you cannot allow those fears to paralyze you. You just can't, right? Like each and every single one of us, regardless of the size of the platforms that we have or the followers that we have, um, need to do something because we live in this country. We need to do something. We need to take action. It isn't enough to just watch these shows or be on social media and be passive. Um, if it means calling up your members, other members that aren't your representatives, because your representatives actually give a that don't. Um, if it means organizing a walkout, if it means organizing a protest, um, we have got to take action because we are losing our country every single fucking day that we sit by and we watch Donald Trump and we watch these uh, Republicans um, run roughshod over this country. It's our country too. And we need to fight for it. Jen? I just want my day job back. I mean, Sam Bankman-Fried has just been accused of trying to bribe the Chinese government or a Chinese bank so he can get, you know, money out unfrozen. That's the kind of stuff I want to be covering. Okay. No, but what I'm saying is we are, when something like that, when a major meltdown and really interesting sort of international intrigue involving the, you know, a crypto bro child of privilege is not like the main story mm -hmm. because things are burning. Um, that's distressing to me. You know, I was actually yeah. hoping that I could be back to my regular white collar crime following gig and not dealing with this. But, you know, yeah. I have to always remind myself it's not over. I don't get a break. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say this other thing. I, during um, your uncle's presidency, I was never sleeping through the night. And then sometime in the spring after the insurrection was over, I don't know, I started sleeping again. Well, I, uh, that's not happening anymore. I'm awake. I'm, I'm up. You know, I, where are my <clears throat> two, 2 a.m. peeps? Because I'm awake. I don't know about you all. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's a sign. That's mm -hmm. a litmus test. Yeah. And uh, actually, I think it's a really good point. Um, uh, if, if this motivates you all out there, think about every think about what's been taken away from you. Think about what you don't have the bandwidth to enjoy or the energy to participate in. Um, and I. Uh, you know, I've said this many times, as I'm sure all of you have in one way or another. If every single it is untenable for every single election to be about the survival of democracy or the rise of fascism, <laughs> it is untenable. We cannot live, at least not not with joy, uh, productive lives if we're trying to do that against that backdrop. Um, uh, Dahlia? So, so I want to actually um, lift up something you said, Mary, which is it is extremely unfair to say, you know, people should be doing more because everybody is exhausted, right? And I think maybe the better frame goes to the frogs in pots problem. Like people should be feeling more. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we've all been lamenting on this show is that, you know, we're so numb after all the shootings that we don't realize this is how our children live now, that this is what our children have normalized. Like I look at my kids and I cannot believe they've been doing active shooter and lockdown drills since they were toddlers and that they think that's normal. And like, Either of my sons can tell you exactly what to do when you're in the boys' bathroom and somebody comes in shooting and where you hide your legs. That's what we've lost, you know? And so I think maybe, you know, I, I, I completely agreed with, with 
Danielle saying like, why are we not doing more? But I want to say layered over that because I know everybody's exhausted is why are we not feeling more? How have we become capable of seeing what happened in Waco and just saying like, oh, well, now let's turn to, you know, whatever award show is coming up next, because like that makes me feel things, right? Ted Lasso makes me feel things. And I get that. I get that. But I think that the depletion that you're hearing isn't just fatigue from being sleepless at 2 a.m. or not knowing what to do, which you are right about too, Jen. But I think it's also the we have gotten to the point where we are so incapable of outrage that things like Waco happen and we just move on. Yeah. And and last point I'll make is that uh, there, you know, there are legitimate reasons for not wanting to feel certain things. Um, I don't know if you all remember. <laughs> I'm guessing you do. Just the absolute terror we felt at the beginning of COVID. It is an awful way. Fear, that kind of abject terror is an awful thing to feel. And again, that was after two and a half years of a, a vile, dangerous, enraging and horrifying presidency uh right so we and i do this a lot because it's a it's a it is a one of the main substance uh, substances no um what's that word wow that's fascinating that i just forgot the word um symptoms thank you of complex ptsd is detachment uh but what i would say to all of you is that um if you detach from the bad stuff, the good stuff also gets very muted and it doesn't feed you, doesn't feed your soul the way it would otherwise. So all the more reason to engage, even though it's difficult because you will be more engaged in everything. So doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, but I, I love all of you. Uh, thank you for being here and there for me in life. Um, and for making the, the hard stuff worth engaging. And so Danielle Moody, Dahlia Lithwick, Gentab, thank you all so much. And hopefully I'll see you next week. that was hard Jesus. um but i there there are there are very few people actually i don't know if there's anybody I'd, I'd rather be going through the hard stuff with than um my nerd avengers uh so thank you again um dahlia lithwick daniel moody gentab for being here thank you to all of you who uh watched and uh we will be back on thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. And um, we're, uh, House of Horrors is uh, going to be on a case-by-case -case basis. So it's not going to be weekly anymore um, because, you know, the, it turns out that there's not always something going on in the in the house that deserves its own show. But we will have... You know, if there are there are hearings, we will live stream. And if if uh, anything of note happens in the House of Representatives, we will have a, an emergency session, House of Horrors. Uh, so um, stay tuned for that. And of course, we'll be back next uh, Tuesday for the Nerd Avengers. That's at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Also, YouTube.com/slash/Politicon. And when you go to a YouTube, sorry, Politicon's YouTube page, uh, if you click on the bell, uh, you can um, subscribe. And that way you'll be notified every time a new episode or video drops. And of course, you can, if you're watching uh, the show after it already aired, you can leave a comment. You can like the episode. That helps, too. Um, and you can watch, sorry, listen to all the shows in podcast form on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Please keep giving us five-star reviews. It's really helpful. Um, and we appreciate it. It, it definitely helps other people find the show. And again, 
uh, to anybody who hasn't heard, uh, we are taking the show on the road. The Mary Trump show with the Nerd Avengers will be in Chicago um, on May 7th and then in Portland, Oregon on May 9th, San Francisco, May 10th, and in my hometown of New York City on May 16th. So please go to, and you, you can see on the Chiron, um, well, not anymore. Well, now you can see where to get the tickets. Go to politicon.com slash tour, politicon.com slash tour. Uh, and um, we would absolutely love to see you there. I'm telling you, it is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, so get your tickets while they are still available. Uh, it's not that too far in the future. Uh, and, you know, I'll keep reminding you, but spread the word. Um, again, that's May 7th, House of Blues in Chicago. May 9th, Cobb's Comedy Club. Oh, I got the day trunk. It's the 9th is San Francisco. The 10th is the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. And the 16th of May is the Gramercy Theater in New York City. That's all in May. May 7th, Chicago. May 9th, San Francisco. May 10th, Portland, Oregon. And May 16th, New York City. Um, that is it for today. Uh, I hope you guys are okay. That was very, very rough. Um, but, you know, we have to have these conversations and we need to keep having these conversations and get more people to listen to these conversations. And we need to act. It's a question to figure out how, how to be most effective. Um, all right. I'll see you guys Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind. Thank you.